You're listening to the official podcast of the Salt Lake Bees. Welcome back to the On Deck Circle. Our guest is Bees first base and defensive coach Jack Santor. First of all, on the air for the first time, welcome to Salt Lake. And uh, uh, last year you were at uh, Tri-City, and I know there's a lot of difference, but this is such a unique level. What's the biggest difference for you from your job between high A and triple A? Not much. I mean, it's baseball's baseball. So at every level we're doing the same thing and working the same way, preparing to get ready for a game. So nothing changes as far as that goes um, at any level. Of course. Uh, maybe I would see at sometimes, and hopefully this isn't the case, that the younger players may be a little more teachable than the guys who are set in their ways. You'd, you'd be surprised, I think, at every level you'll, you'll find the, that, and then you'll find the opposite, and it, it goes from all the way up. Some guys need more, some guys need less, but it, it's the same um, that I found at, at every spot. You know, I find this team uh, particularly unique from the standpoint that while, yes, the errors have been made second most in the league, this has also been a pretty good defensive team at times. I agree. Um, and so if you look back at the balls that are put in play, there's a lot of balls that are hit over 100 miles an hour mm-hmm. everywhere, especially in Albuquerque and Las Vegas where the field was very hard. And, yeah, there might be some mistakes, but there's also a lot of really good things happening. So it's hard to, to look at it in both ways unless you're here every day and seeing it. And so I've been pretty pleased. Yeah, there's been some mistakes, but there's mistakes are going to happen all the time, and and you work from it and get better. And, uh, again, it's, it's a unique situation here this year with the fact that you've got four guys who haven't worked together before as far as the coaching staff is concerned, but it seems like you guys have blended really well. Oh, you have to. I mean, you don't have any other choice. Everyone wears everyone's hat and everyone's doing everyone's job, so to speak, here, and everyone's together. There's only so many of us, so you're always working together and and doing what's best. The one thing I like is the fact that the organization, uh, especially with a guy like KJ, who's managed here before, has brought the aggressiveness back on the base paths. I think 19 out of 21 in the stolen base department, and something I've seen in the past before when KJ's coaching third, scoring Adele from first base on a base hit to the outfield, taking advantage of a lapse in defense by the opposition. That's Angels baseball. That's what we preach at every level, especially anywhere. And so, yeah, that's uh, we're happy to see that and, and want to see it continue. It's not easy. It, it, we take we like to take what the, what the opposition gives us mm-hmm. and make sure we're ready for that. And then everything else is kind of extra. You know, you, uh, people might not know it. You were the first base coach for Team Italy in the uh, recent uh, WBC. Uh, what was that experience like? Unbelievable. Um, I didn't get a chance to coach in the big leagues or be in a, in a big league clubhouse. So you play an event like that, and it, and it feels like what postseason atmosphere would be like in MLB. Um, and then just being around all the guys in the different organizations, there's just so much stuff that you get to learn and take from um, in an event like that. You, you file away any uh, scouting reports on your own team for future reference 100 percent, and then you get to you get to just learn little tidbits that it, all other guys and other teams do take it in and, and use it use it as you want i know that you played a lot of baseball professionally in italy what was that like unbelievable um great experience i had an owner that would do anything for me and really took care of us and then he would sit behind home plate and, and scream at you if you did something bad which is not always what you hear from an owner mm-hmm. when you're playing in, in pro ball so you really learn to compete and, and learn that that today is is today and, and we're going after the win today and, and nothing else matters um 
great experience. Finally, uh, one of the, your jobs, your, one of your duties here is you, know, you get the scouting report ready, the game plan ready for the games and what have you, and uh, it always amazes me. When I started uh, doing this job in the mid-90s, the idea of a scouting report was one guy going to another and saying, hey, you faced him before, what does he throw? Now you have so much information. How do you disseminate all of that and not overdo it? It's a lot of that, what you just said. That, that still happens, so nothing's changed. Now we just have information to go along with that. So we have information, we prepare for it we use it but then it, it always comes down to that like who's on the mound who's doing this who's doing that and we'll adjust accordingly nothing is as concrete as some people think it is analytically wise well, again uh, we appreciate your enthusiasm and we're looking forward to a fun summer here at the ballpark and uh, again welcome to salt lake and uh, we'll do this again thank you i'm happy to be here Welcome back to the On Deck Circle. Our guest is the Bees, Taylor Jones, who had a big four-hit night last night for the Bees, drove in four runs. And first of all, Taylor, thanks for joining us. And uh, uh, I guess the old saying is, if you can't beat them, join them. But in baseball, if you can't beat them, sign them. Because I recall last year, you went six for 12 with four doubles and five runs batted in in a handful of games against the Bees in September. Yeah, I mean, uh, I enjoy playing in Salt Lake. It's a beautiful stadium and beautiful environment. And uh, was always excited to play against the Angels. What was the, uh, the, the deciding factor on signing with the Angels? Just a good organization. You know, you can tell that they're building something up in the big leagues and, and throughout their minor league system. Um, they, I feel like they're bringing a, a new approach and, and the way that they go about business is different from what the Astros um, have over there, but something very bright and I think it's something to look forward to. You know, one of the things about AAA is you're always kind of looking over your shoulder to find out what's happening in the big leagues. Maybe that chance is. How difficult is it when the AAA team and the big league team are only 20 miles apart? Yeah, I try not to think too much about all that. You know, it's always nice having everything uh, local for guys if, if they're moving around. But um, for me, you know, being on the West Coast is a huge thing. I got a family in, in Seattle, and being in Arizona for spring training was awesome. So, you know, being able to be in Salt Lake and then hopefully one day in Anaheim is uh, kind of a cherry on top. You know, last night, as I mentioned, uh, the four-hit game, four runs batted in, and uh, that had to feel good because uh, you've had a tough time getting balls to drop in for you, and that had to be give you really a big lift. Yeah, you know, it's kind of been a tough stretch, so I was looking just to put together some good at-bats and um, had some fall in my favor a little bit last night and put the bat on some good balls. So it just, you know, that's kind of how baseball works, and uh, hopefully I just keep keep it rolling. It was one of those that fell in your favor, fell on the other side of the fence, so, so that had to feel real good. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, you know, putting one out is always nice, and this is a very uh, hitter-friendly park, so you got to take advantage when you can. Early in the season, you kind of split time between third base and first, but now you've primarily been playing third. Is that where you feel more comfortable? I think it's more of like a development uh, aspect, trying to get more reps over there just because I haven't had a whole lot of time in my career over there. Um, so I'm just trying to embrace it and, and do what I can to, to play and, and get more reps over there. I know it's uh, not the easiest position, and there's a reason they call it the hot corner. You discovered that on a few occasions. That ball comes at you in a hurry over there. Yeah, it does. Obviously, I'm trying to work every day to uh, kind of get better at that and, and get used to those hard ground balls, and hopefully over time I can improve that. Uh, what are your thoughts about uh, this particular team that you're on now? Because even though it's been kind of a rough uh, go of it the last couple of weeks, it's one of the best clubhouses I've seen in my 30 years. This is a really talented team, and I know we're going through a, a tough stretch right now, but sometimes that's how baseball goes. You know, you see a lot of good teams at all levels that they go through rough patches, and sometimes it's about getting momentum and, and getting that 
that ball rolling. So I, I'm sure by the end of this year, it'll look a lot different than it is now. But uh, we just got to take it one game at a time and, and get that ball rolling. When it comes time to uh, kicking back and relaxing, what do you like to do? Uh, big Netflix documentary guy. Uh, other than that, you know, I'm, I'm on the phone with family, friends, trying to chat it up with them as much as I can, stay in contact. Um, and yeah, other than that, I'm just kind of hanging out, and I, I like streaming my uh, TV. You know, it's interesting because when I started back in the mid-'90s, the only way you could be in contact with your family is either collect calls or a, one of those phone pay cards at the pay phones. And now with the cell phones, you can it's a lot easier to stay in touch with family, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, every time we have uh, family events, I'm practically there virtually. We always do like a Skype call or what, what have you. So it's a lot easier nowadays, and it's um, I'm thankful that I'm able to still you know stay in touch with everybody every day and, and be a part of their lives. Exactly, especially because you're, you're playing in a city that's not your home and you're traveling a lot. It's tough to maintain contact and the technology today really makes it a lot easier and you can still feel a part of the family. For sure and I think over the years sometimes you get so consumed with what you're doing in front of you at the ballpark and with the team that sometimes you kind of forget to reach out so I've tried to make it more of a point the last few years to really make sure that I'm you know, making phone calls and reaching out to family and friends. Taylor, hopefully last night's a launching pad for the rest of the season. Good luck to you and hopefully you get that call up again soon. Well thank you. Thanks for having me. Welcome back to the On Deck Circle. Our guest is Bees reliever Jonathan Holder, who picked up the save last night. And, uh, Jonathan, first of all, thanks for joining us. And uh, probably, no, not probably, it was your best outing of the year, seven strikeouts and two and two-third innings. It really had to feel good. Oh, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, um, felt good to go out and get a good clean outing and uh, get some strikeouts. I was going to say, uh, strikeout seven and two and two-thirds inning, that's almost uh, unheard of. It's got to be our, our career best for you out of the bullpen. I've had one other that was well, was better uh, in 2016, but that was uh, definitely you know one of my best. When when you're on your game, uh, what's the key to your success? Uh, fastball command. Uh, when I'm commanding my fastball, all my other pitches play better off of it, and uh, just try to command the bottom and the top, and you know, obviously in and out. And, and that was uh, certainly the key last night, especially because you were able to with that fastball. Then cha- you change speeds, you change locations really well. You really had their hitters off balance the whole time. Yeah, uh, you know, that's always the game plan. It doesn't always go as planned, but uh, last night I was fortunate that it did. Got to ask you, you played a uh, pitch 100 plus, uh, 150 plus games in a Yankees uniform. Uh, what's it like to wear the pinstripes? It's really special, um, you know, being drafted by them and coming up with the organization. I uh, really fell in love with it, and, uh, you know, I'll always be a Yankees fan. They really took care of me, and uh, it was it was really, really awesome experiences uh, getting to play in the pinstripes. I suppose more than any other city, maybe Boston and Chicago could challenge it, but uh, they love you when things are going well, and uh, there's a reason why it's called the Bronx Cheer when people boo you. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, you know, I've had my fair share of boos there, but uh, it's all an experience, and uh, the fans want to win just as bad as we do, and that's what makes the place special. Um, shoulder injury kind of slowed you down last year. You were uh, pitched uh, for the Iowa Cubs uh, for a while. Uh, uh, how do you feel? Are you 100%? Yeah, finally, you know, uh, it took me a couple years to get back from uh, this nagging injury that I had, but uh, thankfully, I'm 100% healthy. I feel the best I've felt, you know, since I was in my early 20s, so um, I'm excited uh, for the rest of the season. Seems like that's always the case. That first year is always tough. You really don't feel your best until the second year. Yep, yep. That's that's what I've been told, and that's pretty much how I feel, yeah. I mean, it's early in the season, but what's uh, like the adjustment to the high altitude and the hitter-friendly ballparks in this league? Yeah, you know, um, it's 
been interesting to see. They say when it warms up, it gets even even uh, more challenging. But uh, for right now, um, we just have to focus on on our on what we can do as pitchers to keep the ball down and keep the ball in the yard. It's got to be a fun group to be with this uh, particular bullpen because a great mixture of veterans like yourself and some of the young guys, and it, it, it keeps everybody on their toes. That's for sure. Yeah, we got a beautiful chemistry in the in the bullpen. Um, everybody's, you know, unique and does their own role, and uh, it's fun to get down there and learn from even learn from some of the young guys and some of the guys that have been around and really uh, pick their brain. So finally, the bottom line: who's the funniest guy in the bullpen? Oh man, the funniest guy's got to be Ryan Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Really, he seems like a quiet guy to me, but apparently he's not. Yeah, you get him rolling. He's, he's a good one to be around. <laughs> ah, those New Yorkers, you can't trust him, right? That's right. All right Jonathan, appreciate your time. Uh, continued success, and hopefully that trip to the big leagues is soon. All right, thank you. All right. Everything's working, so in three, two, one. Welcome back to the On Deck Circle. Our guest is Bees manager Keith Johnson. And, uh, Keith, uh, while the record may not show it right now, you've got to be happy with the fact that the team has uh, improved a lot of facets of the game over the last couple of weeks. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's not showing up in the win-loss record right now. We're still working through some things on the pitching side. Defensively, we're starting to play a little bit better. And just just mentally, we're starting to be in more ball games, and, you know, just not, not quite able to finish them off right now. You know, you talk about the pitching, and I think maybe part of it, you can tell me, is the fact that right now, a little bit thin because of all the injuries at the big league level, the two catchers that are currently on the roster have a total of three games at AAA, and they've all been this week. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, but, you know, it's, you know, you know, through everything, you know, it comes opportunity. You know, these guys are they're getting some opportunities they w- they wouldn't ordinarily have gotten, and you know, they're making the best of them and doing the best that they can. So, you know, I, I have nothing but but confidence that they're going to give me their best effort, and you know, hopefully, we'll be able to do enough to, to win win a couple ball games in the series. Yeah, and certainly in their situation, uh, anything they might do offensively is a bonus. It's what they how they call the game, how they act behind the plate, and so far it's been very strong. I mean, uh, Humphreys yesterday with that bullet of a throw to second base to nail. That would be base dealer. Absolutely, uh, you know it's it's good for him because you know he came to spring training um, with you know with hopes of being in big league camp and he probably would have, but I, I think he had a little bit of a shoulder issue or or some kind of an injury over the over the winter uh, that prevented him from doing that. So he's just barely getting back into playing shape, and you know he was down in Double A for a while, and now now he's here with us, and I think he's going to have more more games played while he's active on our roster than he's had so far this year. So, uh, but a great kid, you know, does his homework cares about the pitchers, cares about the defensive side of the game, and you know had, had a big hit for us the other night. Uh, taking a look at uh, uh, one thing I get a lot of questions about is obviously the play of Joe Adele, and I don't even want to talk about his hitting. We know what he's been able to do there, but defensively, he is so much better in my mind than he was a couple of years ago. He's reading the balls off the bat much better. Uh, his throws are accurate. Uh, uh, once in a while, a rainbow, but uh, that throw the other night, a laser to get the guy out at the plate, and then that coming out of nowhere and left field to save that uh, ball lost in the twilight in center field in Salt Lake. His his defensive improvement's been astounding. I agree with you, uh, and and that, and that's 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 a tribute to Joe. You know, um, he's going about his business uh, in a way where he's trying to trying to show the ve- best version of Joe Adele each and every night. He's not trying to be something that he's not. Um, it's just you know, and now it's, instead of an athlete playing baseball, he's turned himself into a baseball player. Um, you know, and, and it even goes as far as on the bases. I mean, he's doing. A 
a lot of good things on the bases, running through bases, scored from a single the other night on a, on a ball to right field. So, uh, you know, he hasn't stolen bases yet, but, you know, with Cabbage hitting behind him, you know, the opportunities haven't necessarily been there. Then, you know, more often than not, he's not on first base. So, <laughs> but, uh, but no, it's, it's a tribute to Joe and how he's going about his business from the, from the time he gets to the ballpark until, until the game's over. Uh, he's, he's been a pro. Now, I refer to that play, scoring from first base on a single to right field, is the Keith Johnson play. But uh, it takes the runner, Mike Trout, who did it in 2012, and now Joe the other day, uh, running hard from the get-go. Absolutely, absolutely. My wife actually videotaped that on TV. <laughs> she was like, see, look at Clowkey. I knew I loved him. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but no, it's, it's you know, that's, that's, that's angel baseball. I mean, you said it on the air, you know what I mean? And, you know, guys un- understanding that every, every, th- every time a ball is hit, it's an opportunity to take an extra base. Um, and, you know, depending on where the base coach is, like with me personally, if I'm down the line, these guys know that there's a chance I may send them. So they keep running hard. It happened last night as well. You know, Stefanik, line drive up the middle. He froze on the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came hard to third. I was down the line. They kind of lobbed the ball in, and, and we ended up getting, getting a run out of it on a, on a routine single to center. So these guys are playing the game right. And, and like you said, it's, it's a tribute to them. And like I say, it's fun to watch. Keith, always appreciate your time. We'll Talk to you again soon. Welcome back to the On Deck Circle. Our guest is B's outfielder, Jared Oliver. And Jared, I want to talk to you about a couple of things. Let's start last night with that inside-the-park home run. That was one of those things. It was to right center field. When I saw the rebound go over the uh, shoulder of the center field and roll out in the center, I thought there was a chance. At what point, because the ball play was in front of you, did you think you had a chance to get all four? Yeah, you know, definitely when I hit it, I knew it was going to be, you know, they are going to have a chance to, you know, get it in the outfield. And once I saw it hit the wall, um, I knew it bounced off pretty good. So once I saw that, it kind of immediately triggered something of like, man, this might be this might be a good shot to do it. Um, but obviously, you know, coming around third and seeing KJ, you know, wave me around. That's when I was like, oh man, this this could really happen. And then after I saw the video, I mean, heck of a bounce it took, obviously. Um, but really exciting play. I got to uh, I got to get my first one last year actually inside the Parker, but it was a lot closer play than that was. Um, so thankfully, this one was a little more uh, a little more easier to walk into. So I was going to say I was going to ask you if this was your uh, first or whatever, but uh, the one last year, tell me about it. Yeah, one last year was a uh, um, actually I think it was against Jack. Uh, Lopez was against Toledo. Uh, hit ball center field. Same thing, kind of bounced off the wall. You know, center fielder kind of bumped in the center field wall and um, didn't take as quite big of a bounce, you know. But um, it's something I've always wanted to do in my career. I think everybody, you know, sure. and inside the Parker would be something cool to kind of put on their, you know, bucket list items. And um, yeah, I, was, I decided I was like, oh, this is a chance to go for it. And the uh, I do remember the the shortstop or second baseman made an incredible throw from short center field and threw it into the catcher like right on the money and I beat it I think if the ball got by the catcher and uh, that was really really cool well, I can't say it, uh, the one last night was the 24th in franchise history but you know I guess it's not that special even 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 David Fletcher has one no I'm just kidding I'm, I'm kidding he hit one off the wall and left and just kind of rolled back down third base also wanted to ask you about the catch uh, that was a spectacular play now playing the outfield here is probably a lot different than playing in the IL and uh, you're probably your first inclinations to break back but you had a huge jump on that one yeah yeah it's definitely obviously this yard you know as with most um stadiums in this league are a lot bigger you know especially
filling the gaps. And um, honestly, like the coaches do a good job with our positioning and, you know, kind of our scattering reports. And, um, you know, once he hit it and I kind of knew the situation of the game that, you know, two outs that, you know, that, that's a big run, obviously, you know, on base. And, you know, the, the more we could do to kind of prevent that and keep us, you know, one run ball game. And, you know, when he hit it, I knew I had a good beat on it. But also when he come close to the wall, you know, it's kind of make or break. And I thought it was a good time to go for it and, you know, kind of put your body on the line, I guess, a little bit. And thankfully we held on to it. So, yeah, people see the padding, but that's cement underneath it. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say the wall always seems to win in those kind of kind of terms. But, no, we feel good. And I'm glad I got to make the catch for Holder because he did a really good job pitching the whole night. So. Before I let you go, you've played uh, almost your entire professional career out east. So how special was that, that series in Sacramento where you're able to have family who come watch you at the ball game? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Normally it's uh, it's quite a trek for family to come out, you know, towards the east coast and, you know, a whole day of travel. Um, so it was cool for them to take a drive up instead of having to fly and, you know, get to spend Mother's Day with, with mom. And um, my brother came up and girlfriend. And, um, you know, it was really cool just kind of spend that time because it doesn't have happen all too much during the year you know a lot of families and people realize that but for them to make a you know somewhat a easier trip you know definitely made it worth it because obviously in, in this particular profession yeah, you spend more time with your teammates than you do family absolutely i mean teammates become family so it's uh you know it's always cool to see familiar faces and obviously you know blood coming to town and um yeah it was really cool really cool all right keep up the uh, great work and uh, go enjoy some breakfast yeah absolutely thanks for having me steve Welcome back to the On Deck Circle. Our guest is Angels first baseman Jared Walsh here on Major League Injury Rehab Assignment. First of all, Jared, welcome back uh, to Salt Lake. And obviously the important question is how are you doing both health-wise and baseball-wise? Yeah, I'm um, feeling a little bit better. been doing a lot of rehab and stuff like that, kind of get the vision and uh, deal with the headaches and stuff like that. But glad to be back in Salt Lake and just glad to be back on a baseball field, to be completely honest with you. Of course, the interesting part about all of this is the fact that uh, a lot of your treatment took place right here in Utah. That's true. Yeah, I was in Provo for about three weeks doing uh, pretty intensive rehab. So went back to California for a little bit, uh, started treatment at another clinic in Los Angeles, and then here I am in my rehab assignment. And as far as uh, everything is concerned, uh, you about you think you feel you're about ready? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's good to be back, get it back. It's kind of feel like I'm going through spring training 2.0, but <laughs> seems like it's getting to be about that time. You know, it was interesting because uh, I mentioned to you that uh, you know your numbers were really great at spring training, but obviously something wasn't right. Yeah, vision was really a problem, and fatigue was a struggle for me too. So uh, those were two things that I want to continue to work on throughout the season just because the schedule is so grueling that if you're not getting proper sleep and feeling recharged, it's going to be tough to contribute. What was it like the other day uh, walking into this ballpark for the first time since 2019? Yeah, it was like a really strange feeling. You know, I made my AAA debut in uh, Sacramento in 2018, and then my rehab assignment started there. So it's kind of odd. I looked around, and I think it was like four or five or, five or six years ago, and uh, just starting to feel a little bit old, but very thankful. Um, perspective change is probably a good thing. So uh, it's been it's been fun to be back down here. What do you remember most about those days in 2018 and 2019? 
coaching, just being super nervous, trying to catch up to the speed of the game, and uh, yeah, just trying to do my best. Just really excited about the opportunity to potentially play at the big leagues. And obviously, you took advantage of that opportunity, culminating in 2021 and being an American League All Star. What was that experience like? Yeah, it was incredible. Um, you know, first real full season since 2020 was kind of a strange year, and uh, making an All Star game, being around some future first ballot Hall of Famers was pretty special. You take me back there because you mentioned just said 2020 was such an odd year, 60 games. Uh, you started late. It had to be very strange playing in front of no one. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh it was pretty good, though. You know, I felt like that was uh, an opportunity for me to get some reps at first base at the big league level, and very thankful for that. Obviously, we'd always rather have fans in the stands, but uh, any way that I can get on a baseball field and get some ABs, I'm going to be happy with it. As far as uh, ABs are concerned, uh, what about IPs? Are your pitching days over with? I think the uh, pitching days are over with. Yeah, I've had some surgeries since I was last in a B's uniform, so I don't know. I'll never say never. Um, might be something I revisit later on in my career, but hitting at the big league level is hard enough. I just got to focus on one. So obviously someone who had an opportunity to do both has to stand back and shake your head and figure out how in the world does Shohei do what he does? Yeah, Shohei is a once in a lifetime, once in a generation. I mean, I think the way that we fawn over, you know, Babe Ruth and those kind of players, a hundred years from now, people would be doing that with Shohei. So, the fact that I get to watch that on a daily basis is truly an honor. And before I let you go, I guess at this point, uh, you feel you're ready. Have the Angels given you any kind of a timetable? Um, we've we've had some discussions, but I think it will be sooner than later. All right. Well, uh, when that time comes, I wish you nothing but the best of luck, and uh, hopefully you stay healthy, and hopefully uh, the rest of 22, or 2023 is a big year for you. I appreciate that, and thank you for having me on.